0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henley. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. So Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8, our message is hope in dark days. Hope in dark days. Chapter 24, I'm always the last one there, give you a little extra time to get there. Uh, verse 1, it begins this way. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. Well, a little backstory here there were two men on the day that Jesus was crucified who went to the governing authority, whose name was Pontius Pilate. And they asked for the body of Jesus to be given to them. And, and Pontius Pilate okayed that. He, he granted their request. And so Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who was also a ruler of the Jews, took Jesus' body and they took it to this tomb and they put his body in there and they covered it with a large stone. And so listen, behind that stone, within that tomb, lay all the hopes, all the dreams of the disciples of Jesus. That is, at this moment, listen, all was completely dark. The situation was totally hopeless. All that they had done with Jesus felt like it was all for naught. I mean, they were just prospering with Jesus, right? I mean, He was full of life. He was full of joy. He was full of power, man. I mean, everyone who came to Him, He healed. The wind and the waves, they obeyed Him. I mean, the future was nothing but bright with Jesus. He was a person that people wanted to be around. He was full of joy. He was full of life. He was full of power. He feared no man. He feared no demon. In a moment, in an instant, It all evaporated. In a moment, everything changed, and it was completely dark. Life's like that, isn't it? Everything can change in an instant. Verse 1 again. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn. That is, listen, we need to know that darkness only seems to prevail. It only seems to prevail because there is always a dawn. Because light is always greater than the darkness. And so listen, your situation is never hopeless. It is never too late for God to do a miracle. Because God is a God of the dawn. He is a God of the new day. Hear me, His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Verse 1 again. But on the first day of the week, at at early dawn, they, that is Mary Magdalene and Joanna and some other faithful women who listened, loved Jesus, followed Jesus, went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. And so this group of women are going to the the gravesite to the tomb and they're doing so you know to pay their respects but also to finish preparing the body of Jesus for for burial. And so on the way they're having this discussion and and Mark chapter 16 verse 3 kind of adds this tidbit in for us. Mark 16:3 says as they were you know, uh, saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? That is, as they're making their way to the tomb, they're having this conversation. There's this overarching concern like, um, how are we going to move that large stone? (laughs) How are we actually going to get inside to even prepare the body of Jesus. They don't know what they're going to do. But what is significant, I think, for us to note is they're going anyway. They're moving anyway. Listen, love compelled them to move forward anyway. And so listen, that's what I want us to hear. Because maybe our culture feels a little dark right now. Maybe your life feels a little dark right now. Maybe it's both. Listen, we need to do the same. We need to love one another. Listen, we don't have time to be fighting with each other. We're in a battle, man. We, we, we can't waste time fighting each other. Somebody give me an amen on that one. Amen. Thank you. We need to love one another and move forward, whether we can figure out what's ahead or not. Listen, they were moving forward. They, they didn't know how they were going to do it. They didn't know how it was going to work out. And and we need to do the same. We, we need to stay together. We need to stay on the same page. And we stay on the same page by looking at the, the Bible. We stay on the same page and we move forward, even though we don't know how we're going to face all that we have to face. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk, we move forward by faith. That is, by believing, not by seeing. That's the opposite of the world, right? Seeing is believing in the world, right? God doesn't say it that way. God said, nope, not with you, not with my kids. Believing is seeing. We walk by faith. We move forward by faith. And so listen, we're going to see four key ideas here about experiencing hope right now in the days that we are living in. And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, you can fill it in. We need to love one another and move forward we need to love one another and move forward one thing about darkness is it makes us pause and it makes us get stuck and it makes us feel like we don't we can't move church i'm here to say that Whatever days we have to face are not even close to the darkness of what we see in Scripture here. And Jesus was victorious. And so listen, if we'll love one another, that's to be our banner to the world, right? Our banner to the world is how we love one another, right? Right? That's how we prove that we're Jesus' disciples. That's what Jesus says in John 13, right? We we prove that we're His disciples, how we love one another. And listen, if we will do that and we will just keep moving forward, we will see God's power and presence move in our lives. We will make it. We will make it just fine. So that's the first key to experiencing hope. We need to love one another and move forward. And so as this group of women we're having this discussion about <laughs> how in the world are we we going to move this stone and this, this insurmountable, impossible problem, nothing that they can really do in and of themselves to, to solve this issue, something happens. And that something that happens is recorded for us in Matthew 28. So hold your finger here. We're coming back. Turn to Matthew chapter 28, which is the last chapter in Matthew. So as you turn back, you should see the Gospel of Mark and then Matthew. Matthew 28. And Catherine actually read a portion of this, I think. Well, no, that's later. So Matthew 28 verses 2 through 4. It says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. That is, the Lord had already gone before them. The Lord had already taken care of that which they were most concerned about. They were were worried about it. They were moving forward. They didn't know what they were going to do. But the Lord was already ahead of them. The Lord had already taken care of the thing that they were so worried about. And so listen, it's the same with us. It was true for them, listen, it is true for you. God is going before you. He is the way maker. He is the stone remover. He is the obstacle overcomer. Listen, nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? Do you know that your God can do anything that we ask of Him. He is that kind of God. Listen, if Jesus can rise from the dead, He can handle whatever situation that looks too big for you right now. There is nothing too big for Him, nothing too hard for Him. Listen, nothing too little for Him to intervene. Listen, we can't give up just because things don't go our way right away. Just because we can't see as we're moving forward how it is going to happen. We don't, we don't worry about that. We, we love one another. We keep moving forward. And we believe in our God who is that obstacle remover. That God will move ahead of us. That God is going ahead before us. And so listen, that's the second key to experiencing hope. We need to love one another and move forward. And second, we need to know. We need to know that God is going before us. You need to know that in order to move in faith. God is going before you. Yes, your life. Yes, your situation. He is going before you too he's the same god yesterday today and forever let's turn back to luke chapter 24 take a look at verse 2 as we continue and they the the group of women found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, I kind of want to put ourselves in these women's shoes a little bit and kind of think about what they were experiencing in this moment. And so perhaps you would think about the fact that someone that you loved, someone that meant the world to you, that, that you had just got done with a funeral, and you know you went to the the graveside and you had the graveside service and they they lowered the casket down then they filled in the dirt and you you hung around and you know they put the marker in place and and it was all done and you went home but the next day you wanted to you wanted to come back you you wanted to cry some more you wanted to say goodbye some more maybe you wanted to bring some flowers or just see how it was all ultimately fixed and how it all looked and so you come back the next day and listen it's it's completely dug up you know the markers pushed to the side the casket's open and and the body is gone and so your mind is reeling like what in the world is going on here well, listen, that's exactly where these women are at. Man, the stones rolled away. And where is Jesus? I mean, what is going on? Who, who stole the body of Jesus? And so in the midst of that, in the midst of their perplexity of what is going on, listen, God goes before them again in verse 4. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. That is, God sent two angels to serve them. You know, Hebrews 1.14 says that, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? That is, listen, God sends his angels to serve you. And sometimes we're aware of that, and sometimes sometimes we're not. You know, sometimes when I feel like God's not moving, and you know, I, I, I just I'm having a hard time sensing God's work in my life, the Holy Spirit will remind me that God is at work. He'll remind me that that God is doing things far beyond what I perceive. And he'll just remind me, you know, maybe I feel like it's hard right now in my life in this moment. He'll just remind me that, you know what, in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual dimension, it is way more intense than what I'm feeling in the physical realm. And that God's angels are guarding me. They are keeping me. They are fighting for me far more than what I see or realize. Do you understand that, Christian? that God's angels are serving you right now in this moment. That God's angels in the midst of the spiritual conflict that you're in, that there's something more intense going on in the spiritual realm, that God is sending His angels on your behalf. You know, sometimes we're more aware of it. I was backpacking one time, and I was like 21 and I was on a huge ridge. I was in the Sawtooth, which is part of the Rocky Mountains in Idaho, way back in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's no roads, nothing. Hiking with three of my buddies up on a rock face. And it started to snow, so it got really slippery. And I, I slipped off this rock face and I fell 40 feet. Boom! And my backpack exploded. Well, listen, my, my buddies thought I was dead, you know, and and as I was falling, all I can tell you is I just felt like the hand of God went. Just like that. My backpack didn't have a dent on it. Nothing was broken. I got up. I didn't even have the wind knocked out of me. There was nothing wrong with me whatsoever. I should have been dead. And I just I, I just told my buddies I was a Christian. I, told, I, I think God just saved me. I'm, I'm fine they're like they're they're thinking oh i don't know how we're going to get him out of you know this wilderness to someone who can help i remember when i went home when i got the news that my dad had committed suicide and and my mom really hadn't told me anything i think she's grieving and she's trying to You know, she comes from that generation where you don't tell the truth to make everybody feel better. (laughs) Anybody have that generation? Just be honest, you know, you're not helping anybody. (laughs) But anyway, I got called into the police station, you know, under the pretext of going to get my father's things. But really, they wanted to have a conversation with me because they hadn't determined really how the death happened yet. And so I found myself in an interrogation room being interrogated I lived in Indiana my dad had lived in Idaho I'm like I'm just like I don't know what's going on and in that moment I I just felt a presence in the room and you know I I, it was more than the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit was in me I, I felt his presence but I felt a presence in the room and I was I was so blown away by that moment that ultimately when I walked out of that room I I literally felt like I was carried to my car, and that somehow I got home. and, And listen, I know, I know physically and mentally, I was so blown away, so caught off guard by that moment, that literally... God's angels carried me to that car. And I learned in that moment that no matter how bad life gets, no matter what life can throw at me, that there's a foundation. There's there's a place where I'm not going to fall any further because God is there to hold me and catch me. That's huge. Here's a stupid one. So there used to be this uh, heavy metal band, Christian heavy metal band called Striper. Anybody know that band? Come on now, Striper. Anyway, um, so I'm a new Christian. I go to this concert by Striper, you know, uh, and they wear tight stuff and they're yellow and black and what have you. So during the concert, they, they, you know, they share their faith and they preach the gospel and then they throw out these New Testaments and these New Testaments have their, their logo on the front of them, Striper, you know, they're like cool New Testaments, you know. Not the ones like Gideon throw out, but th- these had the cool logo on them. So I got, I, I caught one. I was one of them that caught a, a Striper Bible. So it was like my pride and joy and love that Bible. I thought it was the coolest Bible in the world, you know, because it's my Striper Bible, you know. So I was driving back to college, which in Idaho, you need to understand, it's big sky country. So when I drive from my town to the other town, there's nothing. You can almost see from that town to that town. There's nothing. Wide open spaces. Have you ever been out west? I'm big sky country. You can see for miles wide open. I pick up a hitchhiker and uh, we began to have a conversation and I began to share my faith with him. and, And he responds and that sort of thing. I always have tracks in my car. I always have Bibles in my car. and so. I open my glove box. I've got one Bible in there. i got one Bible in there. And you know what Bible it's got to be? It's my striper Bible, man. Not my striper Bible. And I'm having this conversation with God. I don't want to give Him my striper Bible. That's, that's my striper Bible. Man. That, uh, I, he'll be all right, Lord. I don't want to give Him my, my striper Bible. Come on. Anyway, so I I get him to the next exit. Again, wide open spaces. You you need to understand. I give him my striper Bible. I say, man, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. And start in John. Read the book of John. um, Because it's the most important thing you'll ever read. Give him my striper Bible. And and literally, I looked out the rearview mirror to pull onto the interstate. And that guy was gone. Just like that. And so I had entertained angels unaware. And the whole point of that, with the Holy Spirit, began to speak to me after that was over, was it was just a little lesson for me, like, hey, huh. it was my first lesson. And don't get attached to stuff. Don't, don't, don't attach, attach your affections to stuff, even if it's Christian stuff. You know. Don't, don't put your heart there, Kurt. Just just serve me, just just pursue me, and that was my first lesson in just letting go of because at the time I was still struggling with, do I want to become a lawyer or do do I want to go be a minister because that i don 't really like that, <laughs> and so God was untethering my heart from my original desire to to live a good life. And that was one of the things that he used to destroy the love of money in my heart, to destroy idols in my heart. God sends angels to serve you. Okay, I'm done with that. So, verse five. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. That is, listen, there is no grave that can hold Jesus Christ down. And so in Christ, here's the better news, there is no grave that can hold you either. Listen, when our body dies, our spirit immediately goes to heaven to be with the Lord. But when Jesus returns, when the trumpet blows... Our physical bodies will burst forth from the grave with resurrected bodies, glorified bodies, perfect bodies to live forever in the new heaven and the new earth. That's victory. It's a done deal. Verse 6 continues. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. That is, the angels are saying, hey man, don't you remember? I mean, Jesus told you like a million times. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what He told you? And, and you know, if you've been with us studying the, the Gospel of Luke, every time He told them, they like, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well, how, when's your kingdom coming? You know, when, when are you going to establish your kingdom? Remember, they just, that kind of just would gloss over them. They're like, Jesus is going to do his kingdom thing now, and we're going to rule with him now. And, you know, they didn't remember. And Jesus' words were not in their thinking, were not in their heart. And so, listen, they were overwhelmed with grief. They were overwhelmed with a sense of hopelessness in their situation because Jesus words were not determining what they thought and how they responded and so listen it's the same with us it's the same with you and me if if we don't remember Jesus words as well that is so often you know we we think you know what we think in the moment what we see you know what we feel that that feels like reality to us. It feels right to us. So, so, so my thinking, my perspective, what I think is going on, that's what I believe instead of allowing Jesus' words to define what reality is, to define what I think, and therefore how I should respond to what is happening to me. And so listen, what is the antidote to all that? Verse 8. It says, and they, what? Remembered his words. That is the third key to experiencing hope. First, we need to love one another and move forward. Second, We need to know God is moving before us. And third, we need to keep God's Word at the forefront of our thinking. We need to keep God's Word at the forefront of our thinking. For example, Satan says to you all the time, you can't. You're a failure. Obviously, God has abandoned you. It works for them. It ain't working for you. Anybody heard that? Yeah, In your own voice, right? In your own head. So listen, we have to capture that thought. We have to reject that lie from the father of lies, and we have to replace it with the truth. We have to speak the Word. We have to put the Word of God at the forefront of, of our thinking and so Hebrews 13:5 says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That is listen, no matter what is happening, no matter what I feel about it, no matter how it looks, God will never abandon me. He is always with me. He will not let me go. Isaiah 41:10 says, Fear not, for I'm with you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And He will. Yes, I can. Because God is with me and for me. Yes, I can. Because He will strengthen me and help me. Whatever it is I have to face, however dark it is, yes, I can. We're not done. You're starting to believe a little bit. I hope you sing loud on the last song. Show me. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me, that Him being Jesus Christ. Yes, I can in Christ. Yes, I can make it in Christ. Yes, I can go through whatever I have to go through in Christ. Yes, I can face whatever it is in Christ. I have His presence. I have His power. I have His help. Yes, I can. We must allow the Word of God to control our reality to control how we think and therefore how we behave, how we respond. Now understand there's no neutral ground on this thing. Erase that out of your mind. See, that's what we think. You're either believing a lie or you're operating according to truth. There's no gray. There's no middle ground in there. My thinking, my behavior is either moving towards my father who loves me, or the father of lies who wants to steal, kill, and destroy me. One direction or the other. There's no neutral media. There's no neutral social media. There's no neutral songs. There's no neutral entertainment. There's no neutral pursuits. There's only truth and a lie, period. We need to keep the Word of God at the forefront of our thinking. Well, as these women saw that the tomb was empty, and the angels spoke to them and instructed them, they they went back to the uh, the rest of the followers of jesus and they're like man he's alive <laughs> jesus is risen man he, he he's alive what he said came true that is they believed they believed in jesus christ and so listen that's what easter is all about right it is believing in jesus christ and his work on your behalf on the cross And then ultimately, His victory. His victory over sin and death when He rose three days later from the grave. That's the resurrection. That's the holiday we call Easter. So listen, that's the fourth key for us experiencing hope right now. Right today. Listen, we need to love one another and move forward. Right, church? Okay. We need to know that God is going before us. We need to keep the Word of God at the forefront of our thinking. It needs to define what I think and how I behave and how I respond. And listen, we need to believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And he did so, listen, so our sins can be forgiven. So that we can have eternal life. But also so that He could live within us now. Also so that He could give us power now. Also so that He could give us hope now. Also so that He could give us purpose and significance now. Oh, there's so much more to knowing the God of the universe than, hey, you get to go to heaven. Here's your ticket. That's great. That's awesome. I'm not down in it. It's just more than that it's about a relationship with the living god and his presence and his power in your life and his joy and his life and his hope and his peace man that was one that blew me away when i became a christian i didn't understand how much angst inside of me was about my conflict with god and that once i came to know jesus and i was forgiven it's like Oh, man, I was an enemy of God. I had this conflict inside of me. I was an angst inside of me. And as soon as I became a son, as soon as I became Jesus, friend, I'm like, peace. Wow. I'm not fighting against God anymore. That one shocked me. Friend, some of your angst may be the fact that you really don't know Jesus. You're at enmity with God. It's part of your struggle. Come to Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Well, Jesus not only was the healer, he still is the healer today. Jesus not only cast out demons. Then he casts out demons today. How many of you know that much of what people deal with is way more about spiritual things than we are willing to admit in our nice, rational society that we've created? There's way more of you in this room that need deliverance than you think. Straight up. Straight up. Might be anger, might be lust, might be jealousy, might be bitterness be envy. you can't control it. If you can't control it, I guarantee you, you need deliverance. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.